It is Thursday, August 20th, 2020. I'm Kevin Williams. This is the LDS Life Podcast. By the way, we are now on Stitcher and probably all of the podcast platforms out there now. Uh, If I'm not on one, I probably will be soon, but you can guarantee I'm on most of them now. Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, uh, Google Chrome, wherever. So... If you want to get a hold of the the LDS Life podcast, all you need to do is email me, Kevin Will uh, Kevin W at LDSLifePodcast.com. That's Kevin W at LDSLifePodcast.com. Also, check out the Facebook page, LDS Life Podcast, and you can check out the Twitter page, even though I have not updated the Twitter page in probably a little over a year. I'm just not a fan of Twitter. Uh, are you, Lisa? Hello. Hi, Kevin. I Hi. have not used Twitter very much at all. Okay. Well, we know who does use Twitter, and that's Donald Trump, but we won't go there. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Lisa Davis is my guest. Uh, Lisa has gotten her certification at a place called Unlimited. She is a, would you call yourself a marriage coach? That's what I wrote you down as. <laughs> So I call myself a mentor for moms and it does involve personal mentoring and relationship mentoring as well as the family aspect. Okay. So yes. So marriages, moms, and motivation. And you also have a company called uh, Succeed uh, Accountability. Let's see. I wrote this down. Sorry. I've just been, I know this is unprofessional. Hang on. (laughs) Yeah, it's Succeed um, Together Accountability Coaching. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah, I just found, yeah, Succeed Together at Accountability Coaching. Yes, and you were licensed in 2017. What <laughs> made you decide to go on to this journey? That is a very interesting question, Kevin. In, when we are in our journey of growth, a lot of times we are given things that we are not ready for. And this business was an experience like that for me. It's as if God said, here is a business. Learn how to take care of it. And it's similar to the way I felt when I had my first child. Like, this is a big deal and it will be an important thing in your life. And I know that there's so much I don't know about it, but here it is and I'm going to try. So it was definitely a gift there were opportunities and circumstances set up to prepare for that but the reason I did it was just to accept an invitation from God to be better okay very good and have you learned much through this journey what have you learned (laughs) oh my goodness where do I even start One of the things that I've learned, because of course I have learned so much through this journey, and yes, it has been very difficult and unpleasant and stressful at times. And I've learned, one of the main gifts that I've learned is that I hold the key to my own happiness, and we all do, and it has to do with our own mindset and our own beliefs. People say that there's a faith crisis. It's really more of a hope crisis, what we believe about ourselves in that situation, wherever we are, whether it's 
in marriages, finances, physical health. Um, I am 60 pounds lighter than I was at the beginning of this journey that I've been going on. I lost when 19 you... pounds since January, so oh my uh, goodness, go figure. good job. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I did it through intermediate fasting. There was really no dramatic thing that I did, but carry on. Yes, and I've noticed how in this year of 2020, it seems like a shift that's been happening for each one of us, like that you find the right tool that works for you. It's not a one size fits all. It's how well can you listen to what your body's needs are right then and to trust it enough to follow to say, it says, I want to be fasting. And then you did that and then you got the results. Yeah. Now, admittingly, I haven't been perfect, but uh, I That's all of us. do pretty well. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. 2020 has definitely bought us some challenges. In fact, you know, I'm up here in Montana. Montana's pretty much in lockdown. Mm -hmm. We won't go into the politics of this coronavirus, but let's just say it is in lockdown. Mm -hmm. So it's been hard to do anything. So I've been home a lot, just doing podcasts and things like that. And yeah, I'm annoyed with this lockdown, believe me. But mm -hmm. I think it's because I've been doing podcasts and voiceover work, the things that have kept me going. So yeah, I have been depressed about this lockdown, believe me, but mm -hmm. not as depressed as maybe I should be or could be. <laughs> and I'm glad that you brought that up, that because depression with the lockdown is something that not only you have experience with and myself, but also all the people that are listening that you now have the chance to influence. And the concept that your own choices, you chose to do the things that kept you going. You started to build something and to keep going with things that were, that were good. That's what's got you through it. And that's one of my biggest messages to everyone is that we have the power. We have the power over our own choices. We could choose to be depressed and frustrated, or we could choose to just keep doing the things that keep us going and build something even better for someone else, like what you've done with this podcast. Let me ask you this, though, because I personally know someone who was in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at least I can go outside in the yard or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, but how, okay, if I was in solitary confinement, I had no radio, no technology nothing maybe a book let's just say i don't even have a book <laughs> how would i stay happy because i think i would and i'm being honest i think i would rather yes. die or think of how to kill myself or something so i could get out of this hell mm -hmm. if i was in solitary confinement with absolutely nothing yes um what comes to mind when you said that was a quote from victor frankel who and he experienced possibly worse than solitary confinement because he was in the concentration camps. And he said that in between the stimulus and response, there is a space. And what you, and essentially paraphrasing, what you do with that space is up to you. And so not saying that it would be an easy choice or a choice that you'd be able to make without support, 
but that there is a choice being happy to be happy in no matter what the circumstances are and from the title of this from the lds podcast we know that from our perspective as members of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints it's not just us our power our choices that make us happy or sad it's did we choose to access the power and light that is available to us and so how would you be happy i would expect that you would start with prayer (laughs) yeah yeah in fact uh, this person told me he did do a lot of prayer in solitary confinement he also would walk around his cell. His cell wasn't very big. He told me how big it was. It was about as uh, big enough for one person and a toilet and, mm-hmm. and a bed. And I asked him how did he told me that he did pray a lot and he also would walk around his cell, his little small cell, almost like a mm-hmm. cubicle, and singing songs. Oh yes. Yeah. That sounds great. And so let me ask you, though, don't you think, I mean, as much as you're all about gratitude and all that, don't you think in really bad circumstances like the guy that you quoted or paraphrased in a, who was in a concentration camp, the person I know in solitary confinement, don't you think that mm-hmm. they still get very angry, especially in these circumstances? Of course. And we know that Joseph Smith in Liberty Jail, that he was angry, not angry but he was like desperate and he felt he didn't have that connection he wasn't finding god and he was searching for him we know in the um doctrine and covenants after the revelation received for the saints that had just been through the missouri exodus escape as it were that god told them to fear not to be of good cheer it doesn't mean that there's not a place for anger. All of our emotions are very helpful. It's what we choose to do with them. Anger is a, okay, something needs to change. And usually it's you and like your attitude, the way that you're perceiving this. Yeah, that doesn't mean you so, yes, want you to can be, be angry. Yeah, uh, that doesn't mean you want to be in the situation. Uh, If I were in solitary confinement or something, you better believe I'd be on the phone with my lawyer as much as I possibly could be to get me out. Mm -hmm. Yes, Um, but we do all in our power to do it. And we feel our emotions and then let them go. We don't hold on to them. We just let ourselves experience them and learn the lessons from them. Yeah. Well, I, oh, go ahead. Oh. And I liked what you were saying about how you would be on the phone as much as you could. You would utilize everything that you have because we know that necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. And when you're in those really, really hard situations, like all the hard situ- all of the hard situations I've been in, and if you think back to other people that have been six- wildly successful, they've all been in very hard places because there's things that you can learn in those places that you can't learn any way else. And you could say the words, oh, I didn't realize how strong I was. But the lesson of, I did not realize how strong I was until you've been through that 
because he carries us through our sorrows and our trials. Not having trials or would be very awful for us, actually. Well, let me bring something to your attention here. I personally have a friend. I don't want to mention her name because I never got permission to mention her name. But I have a friend who is very deemed to be very eccentric. Mm-hmm. Just to give you an example, I will never forget the time I took her out for my 32nd birthday, April oh. 11th, 2012. Now you know Happy how old I am, but April. that's okay. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Um, so I'll never forget, we went to the Texas Roadhouse. As we pulled out of the parking lot, she rolled down the window and yelled, hot diggity dog. And I just thought it was funny and entertaining. To be honest, if it was someone else, I would have been annoyed. But Hmm. because I know that it was her, I just thought it was very entertaining. I just, I just busted up laughing. Now that I have been in lockdown where I'm at, I'm starting to understand this particular individual a little bit better because <laughs> this person, we'll just call her Judy because I don't, I keep, I don't want to say this individual. We'll just call her Judy, even though that's not okay. her real name. Judy was deprived a lot of her adult life of money. Um, she didn't go without food, but she was definitely deprived of money, didn't get along with, uh, you know, had a lot of issues with marital issues and family issues. So I'm starting to understand this mentality. I don't know that I will ever be as excited about a simple thing as going to a <laughs> restaurant, but I'm starting to understand it. What's your take? I can definitely understand that having been through um, a nervous breakdown and it's funny that you mentioned that because I happen to be standing on the same property where I was living when I've been without food where I've been without emotional support and some of these problems that you mentioned have been going on and when the concept that I hear and that I rejoice in is that it's people ask how can you keep your happiness how can you keep your gratitude your faith when this hard thing is happening is happening and all these hard things have happened the response is and i read it somewhere don't remember where but i've experienced it in my life as well in where it's your faith your happiness your gratitude that keeps you going you initiate it you choose to go to that space of happiness and to let yourself receive every little spark of joy every little hope because that's where you're choosing to focus like when you're um what you look at what you focus on grows when i learned to drive a car i used to look at the end of the line just like as long as i'm on this side of the line i'll be okay and then that, that caused some problems as you, because then I would drift toward the line. And someone taught me, it was my grandfather, that you look to where you are going. And so if we just look about how bad the world is and like something needs to happen, something needs to change, 
and in our lives and in the situation, if you focus on just the next good that you can see, if you can't imagine any farther out good, do it right in the moment. I remember this experience in college. I was having a nervous breakdown and I started to focus on anything little that I could see or remember that would make me happy. Like there was an interesting, um, it held the door open. Would you have jumped up and down if I took you to the Texas Roadhouse? (laughs) If I was her in that situation, I hope so. I don't always act on it, but I hope that I would have the way that she did because she's receiving those moments and that's what helps make her, that gives her life, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad that she did that. And when we don't feel like we have power to change the big picture, we can change our emotional way of being. And in a way, that's all that we have access to is the way that we feel and the way that we're showing up in that moment. That's what we have stewardship over. Yeah. So I love that she did that. Now explain to me how your 10,000 points works of gratitude. I found this on your Facebook page, which there is a link in the show notes. How does this work? Thank you. Okay. So the way that the, the way that this works, this is a project and it's one of those, this is something that is, that will be enjoyable. I'm asking you to do something that's good for you and that will bless you a lot. Um, Hello? Of joy. Can you still hear me? Okay, yeah, okay. You cut out there. Go ahead again. Okay. Um, So I am collecting at least 10,000 points or moments of joy. So documented, recorded. And this is... You could call it a project. You could call it a mission. You could call it, um, I used to call them secret acts of service. (laughs) Um, This is my way of helping the world. So the invitation is that throughout this next month, and yes, it will continue, to gather, to document little moments of joy. Um, An example is, that I'm looking at a yard that used to have a giant tree in it and the tree was burned. But thankfully it was stopped and everybody was okay. And so there's a little moment, it's like a spark. It's an, um, our thoughts are energy, that we direct our energy to something. It's like a little spark of, oh yes, I'm happy about that. I'm glad about that. I remember that. It's little moments that you remember. And whenever you remember them, you have another moment of joy. So the invitation is, um, into September, to my birthday, I'm collecting as many as I can. I have over 2,000 documented right now, individual moments of, this was a happy, good thing in my life that I was aware of and that I acknowledged. And right now I have a huge chart on my wall and I just put a little dot for everyone. And 
throughout the years is I've kept gratitude journals and there's so this all those things that I go back and review every time I review it I have another moment of joy so the invitation is that for you and everyone listening to this that you get a pencil or a piece of paper or your phone and you start tallying all the little moments where you can have joy you can make it a game everything good that you notice and appreciate and to see how big how many you can get because i believe we were created to have joy and when you're living your purpose It, then it doesn't feel like hell anymore. If you know yeah, what I mean. Even if, yeah, by the even way, if it still looks like it. How did your tree get burnt down? Oh, so this, oh my goodness. He's so adorable. He's, it's, um, I believe he is 101 now. It's like, like one of the key neighbors in this little community where I'm at. He was just burning weeds in the backyard, like, like they did back in the day. And it just got away from him and um, oh. got the neighbor's tree next door. So, of course, he was very embarrassed and, like, insurance has covered it and it's taken care of. But it's all – so even in remembering the situation, like, there's no hard feelings about anything. I remember being in the basement and hearing this great big whoosh and, like, what was that? Was that water? Like, oh, no, that was, like, the trunk of the tree catching fire and other people were outside and like went to get the hoses. And it was just a way that the neighbors came together. So the memory is how the neighbors came together and helped protect it and take care of the issue. Like there wasn't any drama, even though there could have been. Now let's uh, reverse this though. What if somebody purposely lit that tree on fire with every mm -hmm. intention of harming you or whoever was in the way, how would you have reacted? Because at some point you would have to take action mm -hmm. and make that particular individual accountable. So how would you have acted and still been happy? Because there is the accountability factor. Yeah. And the accountability, like I can't be accountable for someone else or someone else's actions because yes, there are people that I feel have of people have harmed other people intentionally and i've been hurt i've hurt others sometimes sometimes if i it's like oh my goodness when you realize the bigger picture you're able to let it go in the moment the action is the same put out the fire it's with the stories you tell yourself about it afterwards and the feelings you allow yourself to go to afterwards if you choose to hold on to their resentment and like, Oh, like someone needs to make him, he needs to do this or that, or she needs to do this or that so that I can feel okay. My advice <laughs> to myself 10 years ago <laughs> and five years ago, <laughs> looking back on my own situations like this, my advice is to give it to God because, and it takes hope and faith that God is just, nobody's getting away with anything, and that God is merciful. And so that he's, I, it was 
an absolute miracle that we were able to get through. Our family financially has been able to get through, even though like through a situation that I felt was caused by someone else at the time. And now I've taken more accountability for my own actions. And the next step in that mercy, like where the hope bring, leads to joy, is because you realize that people can change and that there's always an opportunity. And I learned this from Leslie Householder in every, um, in every circumstance that seems very negative or very positive, there's a seed of the equal and opposite reaction. So like there's great wealth and great riches. Oh, there's a, there is a chance just so you know, there's a chance you can get prideful and that can be your downfall or in the very worst of like starvation or whatever, there's a seed, there's a chance and opportunity for their salvation. And so it's not looking at the situation and judging the situation. It's coming back and giving it to God and learning from him. What are the opportunities for me here? Yeah. Now, so I want to go back to the 10,000 point thing. So everything yes. that you are grateful for equals one point, and it's supposed yes. to add up to 10,000 eventually? Yes. And it's not just the things that I'm grateful for. It's moments like this where we get to be on a phone call through Zoom that I'm sharing my thoughts and my feelings, and you're sharing your thoughts and your feelings, and some, I believe, good is coming out of it. So this experience is one moment of joy. Everything yeah. that I am present to and that I acknowledge that is good. So the idea is to get up to 10,000 points in one day. And I guess every point you put a dot, I, what do you do? Leave it in the comment section or something of your Facebook page? Yes, I've, invi I've invited people to submit theirs. You can do it through Facebook, through private message. My Facebook is just Lisa Davis. That's the one that I'm using the most. We do have others as well, like Marriage Tips for Smart Couples. That's another offering that we have. Um, you can email them to me, lisa at succeedtogetherteam.com. And we are doing a there'll be a special prize for the person that submits the most. What will that and person win? <laughs> That's a secret. <laughs> it's a surprise. Oh, okay. I want to get into another topic since you do specialize. Well, I know you've, I don't know what you've done or I know you've done small events. I don't know where, what advice you've given to who, mm -hmm. but we do need to talk about marriages here. Yes. Because I know, and I know gratitude's an important thing. So let's, I guess we'll continue on gratitude. What would you give advice? What advice would you give to married couples that do not get along? Now, maybe there's a good reason for that. Maybe someone needs to get out of the relationship. But what mm -hmm. advice would you give on the, on the general spectrum if the couple does not get along? Mm-hmm. Um. From my experience and my education in this and personal experience as well, it does come back to gratitude and it starts with yourself. Um, if, you, um, if you've ever heard of the kingdom organizer, there's other places that teach this concept as well. Um, the kingdom organizer is a, 
Binder and a Movement, um, KingdomOrganizer.com. I've really appreciated what I've learned there. Um, it's in the Anatomy of Peace. It's you could also call it. It's similar to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Are you familiar with that? A little bit, yeah. Um, okay. I think, yeah. If you're not happy unless you have food, and then if you have food, you'll be happier if you have shelter. I think is what it is. Correct, if I remember. Yes, it's talking yeah. about the order of meeting needs. So, if you have a need for connection, you look at the pillar underneath it. That what's the foundation for that, which would be, are you safe? And the foundation for that was, are you alive? Do you have food? Like your basic needs met. So, that there's a hierarchy of needs and in this particular illustration with the gratitude if there's a relationship that's not working there's also a hierarchy of relationships and the number one absolute core that everything else is built off of because it's it's like a bunch of circles inside of each other and if there's a problem with the one circle you go to the layer underneath underneath it if there's a problem with your <laughs> problem with your kids Look at the marriage. If there's a problem with the marriage, you look at yourself. And it's interesting that they, the relationship with yourself and deity, how you relate yourself to deity is how you're going to define everything else. Because if you're saying that my spouse should blah, 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 like I wanted my spouse to X, Y, Z, number, number, number. And they're not, so now I'm sad, and now how do I change him or manipulate him? It's a very different conversation than if you are looking to God, looking to, and not just like, oh, I just got to meet all my needs myself. No, you're looking for God. Like, you're trusting in his promise that he's not forsaking us, that he, has, he is doing everything to take care of us, to give us the opportunity, not just to take care of ourselves so that we can be in the Garden of Eden, but to take care of us, giving us the opportunity of this earthly boot camp, if you will, <laughs> to prepare us for something even greater. So when you have that trust, when you look to your relationship with God, like, do you know what? I am a child of God. And this is my new standard for myself. This is how I'm going to treat myself. People don't realize it is that we train other people how to treat us. It's like we're wearing a sign that says, please use me or please take my money or please ignore me. And there's a lot of research about how the mind works and like how that comes about. But we change those signs when we change our beliefs. And there's a lot of processes that change our beliefs, like our deep, emotionally rooted beliefs. <laughs> Now, at what point, though, because there are just people, no matter what you do, no matter what happens, you just don't get along. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the spouse, maybe the husband cheated on the wife, or maybe the wife is highly manipulative, and no matter what you do, it doesn't change the outcome. At what point would you advise someone to get out of the marriage? And... That's something that if you're looking for a control or like, do I get out? Do I not get out? It's those decisions. Actually, well, those decisions come from where you are with God. And a lot of them do happen naturally. 
because you do impact a lot more than you realize. And just because you are loving someone unconditionally does not mean, like I, it doesn't mean that the marriage will last, if that makes sense. And no. so if they are completely responsible for them and you're like, no, like I'm going to live a level, it's like they're painting the, their house green and the other person comes and keeps trying to throw orange on it. If you keep painting green, if you keep painting green, then one of two things will happen. When one, when two things get far enough apart, the cord between them will either break or draw them closer together, like an elastic band. And so if you are trying to make progress, you're like, I want a happy home, I want self-respect, I want dignity, and the other person isn't, then if you are choosing what you are choosing, then either they will rise up to meet you or they will leave. Or there'll be an opportunity to recycle, my goodness, like now I need to leave. But that, it, that decision comes from a place of confidence and I know this is right for me and there's, I'm moving forward and not from a place of desperation. I'm just fighting back and trying to hurt everything because I'm hurt. And yeah. That, we've all experienced levels of that. Oh, yeah. I just know no matter what the other person does, you just cannot please the spouse. I have seen it. Now, I've never been married, but I've seen this happen over and over and over. Mm -hmm. uh, I just kept thinking, why doesn't this individual just get out of the marriage? Just get out. You're working mm -hmm. overtime. Just get out. And we do see things when, in other people's relationships that it's like, well, of course, like, well, why don't you do this? And the reason is, is something inside that other spouse, possibly a belief. And you brought up a really good point that no matter what you do, you can't please the other person because no one can make you happy. That's their own choice. I remember kind of in You there? Uh-oh. Hang on. Uh-oh. And just, he just said, I'm not responsible for your emotions. Okay, what happened again? You broke up there. Okay, a little technical difficulty there. Um, you said uh, you bring up a point and then you dropped out. <laughs> and now we are back again. Thank you for taking care of that. Yes, um, you had said no matter what this person does, he cannot make his spouse happy. Yeah, and, and I, I just thought, true. just get out of the marriage. We're not going to use it against you. Get out. <laughs> well, if he... It's the problem isn't the marriage. The problem is he's trying to make someone else happy. And happiness is only the choice of that individual person. Right after I was married, I was very upset about something. And I expected my husband to fix it. And he said, I am not responsible for your emotions. And my jaw just dropped because I had never even comprehended that before. 
And so the concept that I could choose my own way of being and that no one else was going to choose it for me in that moment, I honestly don't remember how I acted, but since then I'm so grateful that he realized that, that he wasn't trying to just be my doormat for the rest of our lives that he was giving me the chance to step up and take charge of my own emotions. And yes, when you're married, it is better to do it in ways that are kind and compassionate. But those are skill sets that it's hard to treat someone with love if you're not loving yourself. So it really does come back to the way that you treat yourself, the way that you um, what your mind, what's going on in your own mind and in every situation. So what I'm getting at, according to this conversation, she did not love herself because I, this guy bent over backwards and this marriage still was really mm -hmm. bad. So apparently, and I actually would agree with you that uh, she was never happy with herself or at least not during the marriage or something. Mm -hmm. And if, um, if you, people have compared this idea to glasses, like belief window glasses. Um, it's the reticular activating system. There's a lot of science behind this if you want to research it. The idea that you get what you see and you get more of what you see and verbalize. So in this situation, and I can definitely relate to this woman because I have been there, I have done that, and I have changed. Oh my goodness, I'm so happy. But my old story, my old program, as if I was as if I was a lighthouse to attract something just say I was shining green like beep 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 green then all of a sudden it's like putting green glasses on like in the Wizard of Oz everything you see is green and so unless you're Kermit the Frog it's not easy I being know green. it's not easy being green having to spend your days the color of a leaf but then some yep. people love green so yeah <laughs> when when she lets go, um, when people are giving, causing pain to other people, it's because they have been hurt, is my belief. And so helping her to heal her wounds and to believe in herself enough that to do so, I've been through this process and I've helped other people through this process, where you're in a state of you could call it radioactivity where you're just hurting everything else because you're not okay. When it doesn't mean you're a bad person, it means you need help. And so once you have the help, then it's like taking off the glasses and then it's like, Oh my goodness, now I'm going to notice red or blue or whatever the desirable state is. And then you grow into that. And then it's like, Oh, now you're going to shine blue. Now blue is going to show up for me. Yeah. So in other words, this particular individual, and I agree with you, was not secure with herself. Yes. I know what that's like. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> now, don't you see this behavior, let's say, in famous people? 
Dennis Rodman is a perfect example of someone I can think of who was not secure with himself. Now, that doesn't excuse the behavior that he did, like kicking the cameraman at an NBA basketball game. Mm -hmm. But I think we can agree that he was not secure with himself, don't you think? With all the behavior that he exhibited. And from what you told me, I would say absolutely yes. And also, you're right, it, it does not exclude the behavior. You are still accountable for the behavior. And the perfect judgment, which we know is God's, will take everything into account. Like, oh, did you know he was also struggling with this, 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 this? And in the meantime, for protection and for safety of everybody, it is good to have consequences. I teach my children consequences are always good for you. Even if, whether it's a desirable consequence or a not desirable consequence, consequences just are. Do you give them keep... consequences if they eat their pudding before their meat? <laughs> so, and part of it is the way that I set it up, what I allow to happen. People ask all the time, why does God let all these really, really bad things happen? It's like, oh, well, why did I give them the opportunity to have pudding before meat if, I, if that was a priority to me at that moment? And people ask, why does, how could God care about us and still have these awful things happen? And the answer, one of the answers I've received, and I invite anyone that's ever asked this question in any form to go and get their own answer and their own confirmation because that's what, that's what will sustain you. My answer and my confirmation is because he knows more than I do. And so when we see the hurt and the hurt that other people are causing, we get to acknowledge that God's aware of it and he's taking care of it. And we do what we have been prompted to do, whether it's to stop that situation. If that's your job, I thought that that was my job to stop what was bad and it's not I have other support around me to do the that enforcement like of course I will like stop my children from going in the road but that's not my that's not the hat that I wear as like I'm just on the lookout to stop the things that are bad that's the hat for some people and that's very good for me my hat in this consequences is that I set it up so that they completely understand the consequence that they are choosing. I do not do this perfectly all the time. It's a process, but I'm learning. Oh, okay. So we are going to, like this morning, we are going to grandma's house and we need to have this and this and this done. After this, so right after this experience, they're going to be leaving grandma's house. So they know if you want more time at grandma's house, we need to leave here sooner. So then they got to choose the consequence. Do I want more time at grandma's house? That means I do what needs to be done now. Or do I want less time at grandma's house and then not choose to do anything until it's time to like get into the car? That reminds me of a story that happened, an incident that happened to me when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and so does regular listeners, I have a very heavy interest in radio. Yes. And I've uh, been listening to the radio, really, ever since I was a little kid. There used to, I live in, I'm from uh, Eastern Oregon, and there was a 
little radio station in Eastern Oregon uh, from Ontario, where I'm from, my hometown. And I used to listen to sports talk with Steve Jones. It was, came on before every Portland Trailblazers game back in 1988. Well, I was not happy one evening because uh-huh. my mom said it's time for dinner. When I got to the kitchen table, I protested, saying, well, I want to listen to sports talk with Steve Jones. And my dad would tell me, the faster you eat, the more time you get to listen to the radio. I did not understand that concept at all as a kid, but <laughs> it reminds me of that story. Now I understand it. Uh, of course, we didn't have iPhones or any of that. Yeah, we had Walkmans, <laughs> but uh, if you were raised in my house... With under the roof of my parents, you did not listen to your Walkman while eating dinner. You just didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, it reminds me, when you told that story, uh, that reminds me of something that happened to me as a kid. And I'm glad you brought that up, too, because what happens to us as children, things that we remember, that's our basis for understanding. That's our blueprint if you will, of this is how I'm going to respond. This is how I feel about myself. This is how I'm going to treat others. So you remembering that story, it gives a better perspective of, oh, I got to choose my own consequence when my dad said that. I don't even remember if I took his advice or not, honestly, but obviously I remembered it. And I think that's comforting to a lot of parents out there that no matter what their child does or acknowledges in the moment, they've trained up their child in the way that he should go. And when they're old, they don't depart from it. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I have to ask you, did your kids uh, get all their chores done quickly then before they went to see grandma? Most of them. Oh, And we are in the process of, like, we've done this in our normal routine enough that they know, like, oh, okay, like, this is what needs to happen. None of them complained about doing their chores. And some of them, like, my children are age two, four, six, and eight. So they're very young. But they did their chores. The one... um, the oldest had not gotten into his right clothes when it was time to go. He was still in his pajamas. So oh, I let no. him know that. And then he was still, like I was still buckling the children into the car by the time he ran out in his first clothes that were not appropriate. And I said, nope, you need to have a different kind. And then he just went and did it right away. So the natural consequence was that we didn't have an hour or two hours to play at grandma's house before this adventure. And the other consequence was that they got to learn, oh, like I can take care of myself. They, he didn't need this many reminders. It was just, oh, now it's time to get into the car. And he did not have his swimming suit with him. So that's a consequence that he's facing right now. The other girls that did do take care of everything right away they do have their swimming suit with them so wow yeah i think he'll learn yes even if he doesn't right now he'll He'll figure it out 
So let me ask you, oh, what? Oh, just saying that's why I love to work with moms so much is because our influence when the children are so small, that is basing and with our parents too, because it was your dad that you remembered that conversation. That is what is basing how they will be as grownups. That we are the biggest investors in humanity that I know of besides God. Yep. So let me ask you a question. Um, I'll ask you a couple more, then we'll end the podcast. Have you had a lot of, have you coached a lot of mothers then or married couples? I know you said that you put on small events. We've put on a couple of small events. It's been a handful of couples that we've worked with directly. Um, We have co-authored a book. We have a chapter in a book that I can send out to those of you that would like to request a free copy a free um, PDF copy of that book. I would love to help you get that. And we're in the process of writing more. My personal coaching has been just a few of people that I've intentionally like contractually worked with. As far as individuals, that's where most of my experience has come from. Yeah. Now, um, are you, I, I guess you're planning on building a website. It's not all the way done. Once that website gets launched, are you going to start charging people for coaching? I assume you are because that's how you're going to make your living. Yes, and I, there are paid programs and there are free support programs as well. Um, our website, you can still get our, the contact information off it and get some ideas there. That is succeedtogetherteam.com, succeedtogetherteam.com. There's okay. contact information there as well as on my website. Now, uh, let me just ask you, why do you think most of the marriages today, at least 50%, I believe it's less. Why do you think most marriages today don't work? I know that's a loaded question, but based. Oh my goodness. On... So, and yes, it probably is less because working meaning like staying married or working being happy like totally different Uh, level of question okay let's just say working in terms of staying together yes the core of it i feel and there will be many layers to this as well has to do with you need your own firm foundation before you can build with someone else. Yes, we grow together in ways that we can't do just by ourselves. You cannot make purple unless you have blue and red. There are, thing, there are things that require the two of you together. But you need to be, with this analogy, you need to be your own true blue or your own deep red. Yeah. And so when people look to anywhere else besides the true source of power, comfort, love, peace, strength, there's going to be problems and nothing will last. Like we know only through the name of Jesus Christ can we be saved. And not just using his name like, oh, here's a commodity, like a label, really accessing in ourselves. And this is a personal journey that I am still on, of course. When we use our agency 
to access the true source of power and light and happiness and goodness, that's the only way we're going to be able to build the marriages that are then necessary. And then from that marriage, marriage first, then kids, not just in timeline, in priorities as well as in um, timeline, you know, that's when we're going to be able It says that it's red. Can you still hear me? Yes. Okay. Um, that's when we're be going to be able to build anything that is good. So it becomes our personal responsibility to grow as much as we can and to build the happy marriage. Like if you put happiness into it, then you're going to be happy in it. I'm like, oh, I love that person. And growing and learning along and improving your own standards of yourself and what it is funny because if you see someone if you see something and it bugs you if, and it triggers you oh then it's a sign that there's something of your own that needs to be taken care of because now i can see like oh like my husband today still has a box of unpacked stuff in our bedroom and there were times where that would have bothered me. And now it totally doesn't because I've taken care of all of my stuff. And so I am free to be at peace and to be happy with, even with that situation because I've done what I needed to. So to answer your question, it's that personal accountability. I get to, I am free to choose life or death. Yeah. Well, um, we are running out of time here. Let me just ask you a question that I ask everybody. Mm -hmm. um, well, most people. I, actually, I've, I've had two people that I've... Anyway, what is your favorite part of being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints? I'm so glad you asked me that. I feel so privileged to be a part of it because I've had a witness. I've had a witness that it really is led by a prophet of God that has the keys to the priesthood power. So it's knowing that I am being part of something that, that not only is doing good, but it is doing the good that the world needs. And that now it's our time to build. So there's safety, there's peace, there's connection. It's being part of the kingdom of God and having access to the blessings of the Holy Spirit. The more faith we have, the more Holy Spirit can be with us. So it's an opportunity for light and power and knowledge because I'm on the covenant path and I have many dear, dear friends that are not on that path right now. But because of my covenants, the ordinances that those covenants can come through are led by the true priesthood power that means so much to me and that's the foundation of this is the power of jesus christ and i'm connected and i am his and we all are we all are his yeah and i'm very grateful for that well have i missed over anything that you want to cover real quick 
I think that was everything. Just um, letting people know about the Facebook group, Marriage Tips for Smart Couples. And there's information for, for more what? events. Marriage Tips for Smart Couples. That's something I do okay. with my husband. It's a Facebook page that has Marriage the Marriage Tips for Smart Couples? Mm-hmm. So and what's the, the website library. again? Um, the website that you can get my contact information from is Succeed Together Team. Dot com. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I will, uh, we will end this podcast here, but uh, thank you very much for coming on, Lisa. Oh, and thank you for inviting you. me, Kevin. I've Absolutely. so enjoyed it. Yep.